Let me invite you to take your Bibles and open with me to Exodus chapter 20. As we continue our sermon series through Exodus, we are now in the uh, Ten Commandments. If you haven't brought a Bible with you this morning, our passage is found on page 61 in the Black Pew Bibles in the pew racks in front of you. We'll be looking this morning at the uh, second commandment. Last week, we looked at the first commandment, uh, and that would be telling us whom we worship. Uh, Today, basically, we are going to look at how we worship, or at least something about that. And so let's look at this passage together, Exodus chapter 20. Beginning in verse 4. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. And thus far, God's holy word. Let's go to him in prayer. Our God, how we thank you that you do reveal yourself and you Reveal what you desire and what you hate. And our God, we pray that you would help us to conform to your commandments. Because that is how we can love you. And we love you with all of our hearts. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You have seen and perhaps heard of... Uh, crucifixes all over the world that actually depict Jesus himself on the cross. I have seen in different in in one particular place, one particular city, Jesus on the cross as an African American, for instance. Uh, One preacher that I was listening to one time several years ago said he had seen Jesus on the cross as a Chinese Jesus. And he went on to say, a Chinese Jew. It blows your mind when you stop to think about it. Sometimes we see Jesus depicted as an American in our country. There is an old saying, of course, Jesus is none of those. There is an old saying that says, God created man in his own image, and ever since, man has continued to return the favor. We, as human beings, like to make God in our own image. And that is exactly what this command is 
forbidding. Not just physical idols, but creating God in our own image. The second commandment specifically is a prohibition against making physical images uh, of God, although, again, it can extend beyond that, as our Westminster uh, standards tell us, as we're going to uh, see a little bit later. The first commandment, we could put it this way, says, worship the one God only. The second commandment says, worship the correct God correctly. And that's what we see here. Worship the correct God correctly. Now turn with me. Let's start off by turning to a, another passage. Turn with me uh, to 2 Kings chapter 10 in your Bibles. Turn, turn to 2 Kings chapter 10. And this is the story of Jehu. We're not going to look at this in great length. We're actually picking up in the middle of the story of Jehu. In many ways, Jehu is a, is a great hero of the Old Testament. You remember this story of, of Jehu. He was a zealous leader. He was uh, anointed king by a prophet sent by Elisha. And he came and he he basically anointed uh, Jehu to be king. What did he do? You probably are familiar with the story. He executed the wicked Jezebel. He executed Ahab, the wicked king's descendants. He destroyed all the priests and the, the prophets and the worshipers of Baal. But look at chapter 10, verses 28 and following. You read this. Thus Jehu, Jehu, sorry, wiped out Baal from Israel. But Jehu did not turn aside from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Naboth, which he made Israel to sin. That is, the golden calves that were in Bethel and Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, because you have done well in carrying out what is right in my eyes and have done to the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart, your sons of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord the God of Israel, with all his heart. He did not turn from the sins of Jeroboam, which he had made Israel to sin. He did not, in other words, as he said here, take away the golden calves that were in Bethel and Dan. What were these golden calves? They were represent. They were to represent, they represented, it, represented Yahweh. They were not foreign gods. They were set up to represent Yahweh, the one true God. So in other words, what did Jehu do? He kept the the first commandment, getting rid of false gods, but he did not uphold the second commandment. 
They did not uphold, in other words, proper worship. So let's come back to Exodus chapter 20. Let's look at two aspects related to this command, the making of an idol first and the worship or serving of it and then finally ending with the reason for this command. First is no idols in verse 4. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not make a carved image of these things to bow down to represent God. A sweeping prohibition against idols. It's our, when our kids were growing up and they were young and we were catechizing them and some kind of children's catechism, there are all kinds of different children's catechism on there and they're learning the Ten Commandments. Uh, many of you probably uh, are familiar with these. What the first two commandments, one God, no idols. And here, it's not necessarily in the context of worship. Uh, this is going to be the main thrust, as we're going to see in verse 5, but it's not necessarily in the context of worship. But we are not to make images of God. Why? Well, we don't need to necessarily question God when he says this, but there are reasons for it. Why? J.I. Packer puts it this way. Idols are the product of our own imaginations. And we dare not trust anything our imaginations suggest about God. For, he goes on to say, the built-in habit of fallen minds is to scale God down. To scale God down. Last week when we were discussing the first commandment, I quoted from Mark Dever's book in which he um, un- unfortunately uh, was talking about this guy Bill uh, in a, one of his uh, doctoral seminars. How Bill talked about, this is how I like to think about God, not as the Bible thinks about him. Well, this applies also to a carved image that we produce the way we like to think about God. An idol is a a physical representation, a physical reproduction, typically made of wood or stone or or something else. And typically, what is it? It's, It's something that is made in our image or something that we we. We, we think of as something that is ideal or attractive. Oftentimes, these would be animals, and still are in other cultures, animals. They, they represent values that are characteristic of these animals. Today, for instance, we think about certain animals. We even have certain sayings about certain animals Strong as a bear. 
wise as an owl, sly as a fox. We characterize animals with certain human characteristics. And so we, we can make idols, and that's what the ancients did, that have characteristics that we value. Idols have characteristics representing us, our ideals, our thoughts, not the holy God. We're going to see later in chapter 32 the the golden calf. You know, the golden calf was not another god. We'll see when we get there. Uh, Aaron describes this as Yahweh. This is an image of Yahweh. It's not breaking the first commandment, it's breaking the second commandment. And what he's doing is going right back to to Egypt because there were Egyptian gods that were identified as as cows, including Isis, the queen of gods. We don't know exactly why he made this calf, but but perhaps he's saying, well, if, if Isis is the queen of gods, Yahweh is the king. But who knows? He breaking the second commandment. Don't we see all around us, we make gods of our own images, our own values today. God is often seen today as a success deity. If you just follow God, you'll have success in life. God will give you health and wealth. You follow God, God will give you happiness. Many people pick and choose what attributes they like and dislike about God. I like this attribute, but I don't like that judgment talk about God, that God is judge, savior, great judge, not so good. People come out with ways to control God. If you say this prayer, God will bless you or do this and that. But God in his being is beyond our control. He is unfathomable, as our shorter catechism says, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. He is the creator of all. He cannot be depicted as part of that creation. Why? Because he has no limitations. Thus, it's sinful to represent him as such. God does reveal himself, and it's here in his word, in his word. Scripture is the source of how we think about God, how we know God, not our imaginations.
So that's the first point. No idols. Secondly, we see here in this commandment, no false worship. No false worship. The commandment goes on to say in verse 5, You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. We think about God only as we know him in his word. Here we worship God only as he directs in his word. So what does this look like? First of all, let's talk about what it does not look like. First of all, it means it does not look like we do not worship by human imagination. Once again, this is tied to verse 4. How do we think about God? This controls how and what we do in worship. The God who, who is not to be thought of by our imaginations is not to be worshipped by our imagination. It controls what we do in worship. Take your hymnals real quick. We're not going to sing. Turn to the end of your hymnal, page 873, where we have the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Look at questions 50 and 51, 873. Shorter Catechism. 50. What is required in the second commandment? The second commandment requireth the receiving, observing, and keeping pure and entire all such religious worship and ordinances as God hath appointed in his word. 51. What is forbidden in the second commandment? The second commandment forbiddeth the worshiping of God by images or any other way not appointed in his word. We worship as God appoints, as God dictates. The larger catechism goes on more at length. What are the duties required in the second commandment? The duties required in the second commandment are the receiving, observing, and keeping pure and entire all such religious worship and ordinances as God hath instituted in his word, particularly prayer, thanksgiving in the name of Christ, reading, preaching, hearing of the word, the administration, and the receiving of the sacraments, blah, 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 blah. What sins are forgiven in the second commandment, any religious worship not instituted by God himself, the making of any representation of God, and all other, and any other of the three persons, either inwardly in the mind or outwardly, it goes on to say. So not by human imagination and not to worship by next visual representation. It's often said, and I've said many times from this pulpit, that Christianity is a religion of the mouth and of the ear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We don't look, but we listen. We hear. 
doing a lot of turning today. One last time. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. The setting here is Moses... God's people talking, Moses is telling them what happened when they were at Sinai. Verse 10 says, how on that day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb. And the Lord said to me, gather the people that that they may hear my words. Go on to to, uh, verse 11. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, that is, Mount Sinai, while the mountain burned with fire <coughs> to the heart of heaven, wrapped in darkness, smoke, and, and gloom. We just have recently seen that. But then look at verses 15 to 18. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully, since you saw no form on that day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb, out of the midst of the fire. Beware lest you act corruptly. By making a carved image for yourselves in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water under the earth. Then look ahead, verses 23 and 24. Take care lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God which he made with you and make a carved image in the form of every, anything that the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. God takes this command seriously. A consuming fire, he warns. A jealous God. You know, we often hear today in the church, we live in a visual culture. We need to adapt to the visual culture that we live in today. And so we see all around us churches with screens showing movie clips, etc., Etc. But that is not how God commands us to worship Him. It's not how God wants our worship to be. So the reading, the preaching, the singing, the hearing of the Word of God. So it's not by visual representation, but We are to worship by God's revelation to his people. G.I. Packer says God's real attack is on the mental images of which the metal images are more truly the consequence than the cause. So we worship as he dictates. We worship as he dictates. This is what we call the regulative principle of worship. We worship only as God commands. Now here we go to the Heidelberg Catechism this morning. 
Question 96, what is God's will for us in the second commandment? The answer is that we in no way make any image of God nor worship him in any other way than he has commanded in his word. 97, may we then not make any image at all? God cannot and may not be visibly portrayed in any way. Although creatures may be portrayed, yet God forbids or having, uh, God forbids making or having such images if one's intention is to worship them or serve God through them. Question 98. May not images be permitted in churches as teaching aids for the unlearned? No. We shouldn't try to be wiser than God. He wants his people instructed by the living preaching of his word, not by idols that cannot even talk. That's great. Simple, straightforward. Not by idols that cannot even speak or talk. We do what God commands. It is sheer audacity to worship God as we want to worship and not as God dictates. We are worshiping the one holy God. And we, he is the one who is the author of our worship. He tells us how to worship him. And that's exactly what we see here. Of course, this extends beyond the worship of God in some ways. We we see in, in Leviticus chapter 10 the story of Nadab and Abihu as they went in and, and offered to God an unauthorized fire, as it says there, and God struck them down because they brought to him in his temple a worship, something that God did not authorize, and they were struck down because of it. How important that we worship as God and God alone dictates. So we come to worship. We come knowing that it is the Lord that we are worship. We come and need to come with, with due preparation. We come with reverence and, and awe because our God is a consuming fire. And we will worship him as as he commands. And finally, we need to recognize that God is a, a jealous God, as he says here in this passage. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the, ch- on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and who keep my commandments. Look at this warning about worship. Warning about worship and how it affects our children. That God would put this statement at the end of this commandment. God is a jealous God. Often we use jealous in a negative way, but can also have a sense of zeal, zeal. John Mackay says this word uh, has the sense of an intense 
preoccupation to take action to guard and keep inviolate a relationship. Or Lig Duncan puts it, God is saying, I am like a husband whose wife has gone after another man. That's the consequences for not worshiping the correct God correctly, our God's visiting his punishment on the iniquity even to the the children. Is it unfair to punish the children for the sins of the fathers? Well, in some ways, children are affected by the sins of their fathers. That's just a reality in life. Yet, God only punishes those who continue to sin. Scripture is also clear on that. Also notice the contrast here between verse 5 and verse 6. Visiting the iniquity, verse 5, of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Or as the ESV note puts it, to the thousandth generation. In other words, God has greater delight in reward than in punishment. But there is in some way a serious issue here, how we seek to know and worship God in some ways affects our children, is what God is saying here. In some ways, affects our children. I have a good reminder here of, of God's character. He is jealous. He is just. But he is also gracious. And he has especially shown this in sending his son. We see in Colossians chapter 1 that Christ is the image of the invisible God. The image of the invisible God we see in Christ. And brothers and sisters, that's, that's as good as it gets. In Christ we see the image. That does not mean that some people say that since Christ became man, we can now make images of him. We can make images of Christ. As we talked about at the very beginning, we can't. Why? Because we still make him in our own image. We make idols of Christ. Our own reflections of what Jesus was, what Jesus is. Often in our circles, that would probably turn out to be some kind of white Anglo Jesus. But what Jesus does want is what our full devotion, our heartfelt worship. He wants, as our, as one hymn writer puts it, all idols underfoot be trod. The Lord is God. The Lord is God. 
He wants our growth in grace as well. As Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, as we behold God's glory in the word and in the means of grace, that we be transformed into his image from one degree of glory to another. We, in other words, are to be living images who reflect the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do that only by the means that God has appointed for us in his word. Let's pray. God, how we thank you for your commands, your commands that are good for us. We thank you for your warnings that help us not to go down wrong paths in our worship of you. And so, oh God, we pray again that you would write your word on our hearts. Help us to follow you faithfully, oh God, uh, to walk in your ways, to keep your commandments to the glory of your name. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.